Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, Michelle. Hey, T. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. Excited about <laughs> another episode of That's What She Did. Me too. So on this episode, I know you're going to tell me about someone that I don't know anything about. So I am excited. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of That's What She Did. And stay tuned to learn about some more awesomeness. Yes. Today, we are talking about Bridget Biddy Mason. Now, have you heard of Madam C.J. Walker, who's known as the first millionaire, African-American millionaire? She had a dream about um, hair, and it led to her creating a hot comb, et cetera, et cetera. Like, everybody knows Madam oh, C.J. Walker. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember okay. now. Yes, okay. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, Super exciting, right? And you know me as an entrepreneur, you and I are entrepreneurs, so I'm always interested in learning about other entrepreneurs, especially sisters, right? Mm -hmm. Bridget Biddy Mason was born in 1818, I think in, in about August, and she was either born in Mississippi or Georgia. They think it's pretty much probably Georgia. At any rate, Growing up, she actually was, and we see this as a trend, she was the daughter of a woman who was enslaved and mm -hmm. the man who owned her um, and was separated from her parents at a very young age and continued to work for the family. Well, when you, Michelle, when you say separated from her parents, do you well, mean you know what sold? I mean? They were sold away, exactly. She was sold, okay. Yeah, she was sold away, right? So they were sold away, she was sold away. We don't really know, but the bottom line is she ends up, she's, you know, a child in the household and she's growing up. And around the time she was about um, 18 years old, she, along with three or four other enslaved Africans, were given to her basically father's family member as mm -hmm. a wedding present. So, so let's just, let's present, just, hold on. Let's like, there was a gifting that. of five slaves to of five humans. Yes. Okay. I just yes. wanted to repeat that for people oh, yeah. that weren't paying attention. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Biddy along with four other enslaved Africans were given as a wedding present um, to her then uh, slave master owner, uh, his, family. Biddy became excellent at midwifery. And the wife of the gentleman that she was gifted to um, as a wedding present was also very sickly and had about six children. And Biddy was responsible for bringing them all into the world. She was also responsible for the three daughters that she had by the same, you know, man. Mm -hmm. um, and she became really invaluable within the community. Well, around, I told you, Biddy was born in 1818. Around the 1840s, the man who owned her and the other slaves converted to become a Mormon. Interesting. Right. So he moved 
there was a sort of a, I guess they had an enclave of Mormons in Mississippi, who knew? And they decided in the mid 1840s to travel from Mississippi to Utah, where Brigham Young was, the actual Brigham Young, like oh, not the, the university, the actual <laughs> man, Brigham Young, to okay. be at the feet of Latter-day Saints, right? So they made the journey. Biddy was responsible for the kettle, which meant Biddy was responsible for walking with the animals from wow. Mississippi to Utah. She walked. 2,000 miles. 2,000 miles. She was responsible for making sure that the, um, the cows and the cattle didn't stray. So she did not ride in the wagons. And like I said, this was sort of a grouping of both white freed people and enslaved Africans. So, and when I say Africans, I mean people of African descent. We don't really like to call people slaves. Right. You know, they were people. So we say enslaved Africans in this regard um, because slave tends to objectify rather than subjectify them. Right. Um, so, yeah, so they made the journey on foot. Biddy made the journey on foot and she had an infant. Her last child, her youngest daughter, was an infant as they made that 2,000 mile, 10 month trek wow. the country. Children were born both to the white women and to the black women who were also taking the journey. They arrived to, in Utah, and right around 1851, Brigham Young moves to San Bernardino, California, and Smith, who is the owner of, of Biddy, um, decides he wants to move to California too. Gotcha! <laughs> That's part of the 1850 compromise for California to come into the United uh -huh. Union. They came in as a free state. Oh. So, if you came into the state of California with chattel property people, enslaved Africans, you lost your rights to them. You'd have to go to court, right? Mm -hmm. So they got their 1851. People who've arrived before 1850 were allowed to keep their enslaved chattel. They were grandfathered as in. As indentured servants. As indentured servants, yes. which is so, the same thing. Exactly. I mean, come on. Exactly. So Smith, the, the man who owned Mason and uh, Biddy and, and some other folks, decides he's going to run out of California with them to Texas. So he could sell them for a profit, whatever. And there were African-Americans, abolitionists, and other people in the community who petitioned the court and the sheriff and wouldn't let him leave the state. Now, they put the African-Americans into jail to keep them safe so that Smith couldn't get them out of the state while the courts were figuring out what they're going to do with this situation. So, of course, Smith is arguing, you know, they're my relatives, because remember, he fathered most of the children, right? He followed, fathered all of Biddy's children. So mm -hmm. he, uh, he literally argued to the court that these are my relatives, they're not my slaves. So Biddy was not allowed to testify in court, but she was allowed to speak to the judge privately in chambers and tell the truth. Mm-hmm and the judge set them all free. But wait, there's more. We're not done, because okay. Biddy is a badass, which is why she's being talked about today. Biddy was now free. 
she took her three baby girls and she started birthing babies all over the all over the the Los Angeles, helping to birth babies. I mean, as a midwife, as a midwife, mm-hmm. and she was also into homeopathy. So she had all these herbs, and she was an herbalist, and so she was basically a doctor. Mm-hmm. Right? She had learned all this Caribbean and West African um, and Western medicine while she was in Mississippi. And took that with her to California. She got to the point where she was making $2.50 a day in 1866 as a former enslaved African-American woman with three daughters. And within 10 years, she purchased property in Los Angeles for $250. 10 years after she was freed yes. from slavery, she yes. was a property owner. Yes. She wow. was a, one of the first, if not the first, they're pretty sure she was the first African-American woman to own property in Los Angeles. Los Angeles on Spring Street. On Spring a, Street. A block. She's a block away from the financial district. Wow. Now the financial district. So she told her children, do not abandon this property. Fast forward to about 1884. She sold a parcel of the land for fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Built building, rented out the bottom of the stores. Her and her family lived above. She was flipping property. She was still birthing babies. She was not only doing that. She and her son-in-laws helped to start the first African American Methodist Episcopal Church in Los Angeles, and she helped newfound settlers, people who were coming west both black and white, she was helping them as they were coming into the city and into the state. The day she died, there were people still lined up at her door who had heard about how she helps people and they were lined up at her door to get help as she died inside. Wow. We're not done yet. So then- There's more. After her death, there's more. She was buried in an unmarked plot But about 100 years later, Tom Bradley, the first African-American mayor of Los Angeles, they instituted a a tombstone. They memorialized her. They actually have at uh, 331 South Spring Street in L.A. Um, In 1989, they had Biddy Mason Day. Where the financial district building is, they have a memorial to her because she owned that property in the 1800s. It's incredible. That is and incredible. her legacy, you know, just continues to live on. They say at one point her grandson was the richest African-American as a politician and, and um, some other things that he did. He was the richest African-American in Los Angeles County. Wow. Yeah. So it's like you walk. Because she walked the 2,000 miles to Utah, but then don't forget, she also walked yeah, to California. Exactly. And that is not easy terrain. No. And she had the wherewithal to tell the judge the truth. Yeah. Because you know there had to have been immense pressure, right? Yeah. I mean, you know that this man, I hate that people always try to make it seem like, you know, women who were enslaved in that system were kind of like the mistresses of. um, No, they weren't really participants. They were raised. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, she had these three children by him. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, he was providing for them, right? Because he owned them. 
and she was willing to be honest in a court, in, you know, in judge's chamber. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the, the thought of a white man in a black robe, right? Right. And she still told her story. And then she not only told her story, she just like created an incredible legacy financially. You know, I'm going to focus on the money. We talk about secure the bag and no more broke chicks and all this stuff. I mean, Biddy was a badass. She was. She took two fifty, two dollars and fifty cents a day. She she was still philanthropic. She did. She birthed babies for both whites and blacks. She birthed babies for both free and pay. Mm-hmm. She took care of people. I mean, it's just incredible. Why don't we know about her? An incredible woman. There's. I feel like there should be books about this woman. Do you know if there's? Where do we find there, out about her? There's loads of information that I find sort of scattered online. There are books about sort of different um, like historical markers around Mm -hmm. the country. Like I said, she's memorialized in Los Angeles. So they talk about her in that book. So she's in books, but there is not that I saw a book dedicated to Biddy Mason, but she is, her story is recounted in other books. I'm going to need Ava DuVernay to make a movie about her sooner rather than later. I know. I know. I want to know more. I I mean, like, you see how pumped I am. And, (laughs) and, you know, full disclosure, we're recording this at like a quarter to 11 at night after both of us (laughs) have had a very long day. Yes. And just like, but I mean, Bridget. Biddy Mason, do not forget that name. She's incredible. Um, you know, do more research on your own. I, I know that's a big part of why T did this is so that we could learn more, but also because just like, you know, you said in the very first episode about how Annabelle's story, just that little kernel, sometimes you just get a little bit of kernel, a little bit of information mm-hmm. and you can just take it so far and learn so much. Bridget Biddy Mason. She was born in 1818 and died in 1891. If there's one takeaway you want listeners to have after learning about Biddy, what would it be? I think that, uh, you know, I say this often in personal life as well as, uh, you know, I know I'll say it again on this show. We are not a monolith. We being women, we being African-Americans, we being descended of African-American. And we come from good stock meaning we come from very strong narratives that we don't hear about. And I think I always want to see a way, how do we highlight our strength? And I think that's another reason why I'm really excited about highlighting Biddy, because we we get a lot of sort of tales that make it sound like the that quote unquote slaves were people who were enslaved and then Lincoln freed them. Right. And it makes us sound very passive as if this entire sort of socio-political system was swirling around us. But there were people who were on the ground, literally putting in the work, and she understood the value of the dollar. But she was also philanthropic, and she also cared about her God. I mean, she founded a church, right? And the African-American... African Methodist Episcopal Church is a really strong church in our African heritage. So... I would say if there's one takeaway, it is that we are not people who have been acted upon. We are people who act proactively and have issues that we care about and we will 
be self-possessed enough to do what we need to do to survive, to create legacy, to make money, secure the bag. And to, to, to not only just make $2.50 a day and be able to save up $250 after being philanthropic, but then to tell your children, never abandon this land. Mm-hmm. She totally understood the value in property, the value of the dollar, and the value of having a big heart. And I think yeah. that's something that, that, that a lot of us feel even today, but we don't always know what to do with that feeling, that inkling that we have. And it's just do what you can, where you can with what you have. Yeah. And the entrepreneurial spirit in her is really impressive, right? Like at at that time, especially, I mean, it's women are like, I guess you could argue that now there's never been a better time to be a woman in this country. um, Just because of uh, what tech, what technology has done in increasing opportunity, particularly for um, you know, people with an entrepreneurial spirit and the, the flow of information. We have more access to, to people and information than we ever have before. So when I think about, you know, as an entrepreneur now, how some days are really, really hard and I don't have to deal with anything that Biddy had to deal with. Exactly. Right. Like none of that is right. present in my life. And right. she lived at a time of clear and present danger. And uh, did it anyway. Exactly. You know, and the thing that I think that I really like about her was she was strategic. Yeah. Because she purchased a parcel of land for $250. But 18 years later, she carved a piece of it off of $1,500 and then made even income producing what she retained. Right. So she sold it at clearly a premium mm-hmm. and still made that land work for her, right? We hear the tales of slaves, quote unquote, working the land. This woman right. had the land working for her. How about yeah. that? <laughs> How about that? And there is actually one quote that, um, that her granddaughter, her great granddaughter actually said that she um, is, is credited with saying, if I may, read it. It's super quick. She said, and this is Biddy. She said, if you hold your hand closed, nothing good can come in. The open hand is blessed for it gives in abundance, even as it receives. Ooh, I like that. Right. She wasn't even bitter. Like, how could you not be bitter? I'd be so bitter. You know, I feel like I would be bitter after going through all of that, but she wasn't. She was giving and loving and nurturing and cared. I'm pretty sure I'd be bitter after a 2,000 mile walk. Tell me about it, right? <laughs> and then to think about the walk was because he changed religions. Like, what kind of religion yeah. do you have? You got people out here with their infants. I know. That's what I'm like. Wait, so <laughs> so slavery was okay and Mormonism that's too? How, like, right. what the hell? <laughs> right, and that's that's actually a very interesting point you're raising because people always like to say that the Mormons actually didn't have that type of ethos but apparently well we know better Mm -hmm. right exactly thanks for Uh, sharing that story that was incredible definitely she did man she did a lot she did a lot biddy biddy mason bridget biddy mason don't forget that name and i'm looking forward to our next episode me too Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Look up Miss Bridget Biddy Mason. Learn more. And don't forget to share your stories with us. Let us know if there's a story you want to hear told. We're all game for that. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. Bye-bye. See ya. 
You just heard an episode of That's What She Did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye. Bye.